0: You're listening to episode 37 of the Sustainable Minimalist Podcast.
1: You are listening to the Sustainable Minimalist Podcast, a show about living simply and sustainably with your family. Here's your host, Stephanie Safarian.
0: Hi there, welcome back. Today we are talking about creative reuse of our trash and our recyclables. Now, right off the bat, I must say that I am the first to admit that when it comes to art and reuse of trash, the ideas out there often look somewhat, well, trashy, right? They're never anything you would want to put in your house or adorn your home. That type of creative reuse is not what we're talking about today. Today's guest is Carla Brown, and she is an artist. She has dedicated her life to creatively reusing materials that are typically thrown away. The reason I wanted to have Carla on is because she reuses such items in ways that are absolutely beautiful. On today's show, she's going to tell us what to collect, how to use it, and for the minimalists in the audience who really just don't want a bunch of random things lying around that they're never going to use... Carla goes into how to store these items for future use in ways that does not create excess clutter. In today's episode, Carla also goes into fun ways to get your kids doing some art projects with recyclables. So if you're a parent, definitely stay tuned for that. Enjoy the interview. Hi Carla, thanks so much for joining me. How are you?
1: I'm great, thanks Stephanie.
0: Why don't we start by you telling us all about yourself?
1: Well, I have a podcast called Trash Magination, which is all about the creative reuse of trash and things we might put in the recycling bin. And that is coming from a place of, you know, my family. We are trying to get to a place where we're producing less trash and less recycled materials, but we are it's a journey and it, it takes time. It takes experimentation. So along the way, we are still producing stuff that will not compost or will end up going in trash and recycling. So I, I felt this need to take responsibility for that. And since I'm an artist, I thought, well, the, the way to do that is through art. And so I've been doing that for many years, like 20 years. But in the last few years, I've started sharing the stories of how I do it. And then I've been finding other artists who are doing that as well.
0: So I just want to make sure I understand, you look in your recycle bin and your creative juices get flowing, you save some things and creatively reuse them?
1: Yeah, I look in my recycle bin and also through the process of minimizing, of trying to reduce the amount of stuff I have, I also find things that way. And then I also, people will come to me now because they know I've been doing this for a while and they will say, Uh, my family eats this item and it produces this piece of trash. And I I don't know, there's something about it. It's colorful. It has a cool texture. It's easy to clean or whatever. They'll come to me and they'll say, I bet you can come up with something to do with this. And so in that way, I even discover items that my family is not even generating. And that gives me ideas as well. So how do you know what to collect? Well, this is a tricky question because, of course, we don't want our houses to get just totally full of collections of trash and recycled materials. Uh, so one of the first things that I consider is that, well, first of all, is my family generating this trash? Because my first um, goal is to take responsibility for what my family is causing in the world. Um, But I will consider trash from other people if I start going down a certain road, of course. And then I'm going to start thinking about what can I do with that. And if I cannot think of anything to do with it or I experiment with it and it doesn't respond well to my sewing machine or my iron or my other various techniques of manipulating trash, I will just not collect that item. Um, But that is the next step is to try and figure out what 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 can I do with this? And I'll look on Pinterest and I'll talk to other people and I'll talk to look at what other artists are doing. So I have to come up with a project idea. And then of course, there's also I have experimented with certain materials and they just don't do it for me. They just don't excite me. So I will also only collect things that I just find really delightful. Like, for example, I really love plastic bags, which you'd think, well, that sounds like a horrible material to use, but I actually weave plastic bags on my loom like a loom that you would weave with thread and yarn and plastic bags respond very similarly as fiber so I will collect really only very colorful plastic bags to make baskets and rugs and things like that so but there's other things like I'm not great with wood I can do okay with it but I'm not fantastic with it so I don't tend to collect trash that is from a wood background for example
0: Wow. I'm trying to decide where I can put my plastic bag weaved basket that I'm just dying to do now. (laughs) You've convinced me. But the big issue I see as a minimalist is that I have lofty inspirations, but not a lot of time to actually complete my inspirations. So the big glaring problem I see with trying to get creative with my recycle bin is that I'm going to have little piles all over my house of recyclables that I'm probably never going to get to. So on the sustainability side, your ideas sound absolutely phenomenal, but the minimalist in me is screaming, no, no, don't do it. So what advice would you have for me and other sustainable minimalists who don't want stuff all
1: over their house? right that is always a concern and my husband would say he has very similar feelings <laughs> about those little boxes and piles of trash as you so I have to be very sensitive to him as well we we're a partnership um, and so I mean assuming you've gone through a process that that I just mentioned where you have identified a type of trash or recycling that you just find delightful like let's say you just love plastic caps because they're colorful they're really easy to clean they don't take up too much space let's pretend you've come up with something that you like to make with that material even then you don't want to have a million plastic caps so at that point you're going to want to a of course make sure they're super clean and you don't want any mold to be growing on them while they're waiting to be used so you clean them and if they're complicated like if they're a clementine box or a pair of jeans or a toothpaste tubes you're going to want to deconstruct them so make them as small as possible so you do all that work as you're generating the trash the cleaning and deconstructing phase then what I do is I I will set a maximum amount that I will collect. I'll find a box and it's going to be the box that holds this material. And once that box is full, we're not collecting any more until I've used the materials in an art and craft project. And then also I will have what I call keep times. So I will try to, if I have had a full box and it's been a year, that box has got to go. And so what will happen, and this happens every time, is the day that I say, okay, this has got to go, is the day that I get super inspired to use that material. Because, of course, creativity works really well when it's on a deadline. Uh, and it just unleashes this huge creative energy. So that's uh, having a keep time. And then I also like to store the stuff ideally in clear containers. So it's not hidden away. If it's in shoe boxes, I tend to forget about it. So I put it ideally in uh, clear containers. So doing all those things will help you to make sure A, you don't get too much, that you don't keep it too long, that it stays in control, that you're only collecting the stuff you are already pretty much in love with. And then when I get to full, and I'm like, or I say, you know, I've been collecting plastic caps for a long time, but I'm just not using them. There are places you can bring your collections of clean materials where they would love it. And in particular, there's this concept of a creative reuse center, and they're popping up all over the United States and in the UK and Australia. And these are places where they're like secondhand stores for craft supplies, and they usually love these clean organized collections of trash and recycling. So that's another outlet. If you live in a place where you're somewhat near that, that's a place. And then also I have lots of friends who are teachers. And so what I'll do is uh, once I have that collection of plastic caps or toilet paper tubes or whatever and it's all nice and neat and tidy, I will reach out to my teacher friends. They often really want it as well. So even if you collect it and then you decide later, Ugh, this is just not working, it wasn't a waste of time because you can pass that on to other artists and to educators.
0: I love the organization tips, especially storing things in clear containers. I've learned the hard way that if I store things in non-clear containers like shoeboxes or just boxes in general, I forget what's in them and a couple of years later... It's a surprise. It's a sad surprise. <laughs> All the things I kept that I didn't need. Let's talk about your art. Tell us some things you've made that you're most proud of.
1: Well, I find the art that I'm most proud of, are they are the things that nobody else is making. So I that's always my goal. I'm try, trying to invent new ways of using trash and recycling. I mean, I admire many, many creative reuse artists. And I talk about them in my podcast, but I love inventing new ways. And so, for example, a few years ago, I decided it was four years ago, I decided I wanted to learn how to weave on a loom, which is a daunting craft to do with thread and yarn. But I had always wanted to do that. And I took a class and I learned how to do it with actual normal cotton and uh, those types of materials. Um, And then when I started to do it at home, I thought, I bet I can figure out a way to do this with plastic bags instead of using new materials. And so what I do is I cut the plastic bags into loops and then I attach the loop to the loop to the loop till it's like a big thread. And then I braid them so they become really beautiful. I try to use three different colors of bags so the braids are really pretty. And then I take them on my loom and I just weave them back and forth. And I'm really proud of that because I have looked all over the web and I don't see anybody weaving braided plastic bags. I think that's... I've seen people... Braid just straight plastic bags, but I find it looks a little messy. What the braid just makes it look really finished and it keeps everything nice and tight. And then this year, I did something cool. I had a lot of white and beige uh, and gray plastic bags. Those are the most common colors that grocery stores tend to use. So I thought, well, I really prefer colorful plastic bags, but I got these collections and I again wanted to get them out of my house because I only want them in here for a certain length of time. So I thought, what could I weave that would be in those colors? And that's when I thought, well, those are the colors of trees, those are the colors of birch bark and maple and cherry. And so so I started weaving these kind of thinner, very, very long, like fifteen feet long pieces that look like tree trees because uh, they have that nice barky, texture and the white bags are like birch and et cetera. So anyways, I wove a bunch of trees and then my nature center had an art show and I put them in the art show. So I'm real, that whole story from learning to do it the the basic way with cotton, the way people, normal people do it, and then all the way to then being able to come up with this concept of weaving plastic bag trees, that arc took four years, but I'm really proud of it. It sounds amazing. I will uh,
0: link to some photos in the show notes at mamaminimalist.com forward slash zero three seven for anybody who's interested in a visual of what you're describing. But I'm thinking about my own recycle bin and what's inside. And for most people, I'm willing to bet they have an awful lot of plastic jugs. I'm thinking for OJ or even milk gallon jugs. Do you have any creative ideas for items such as those?
1: Yeah. So plastic milk jugs are interesting. A few years ago, I they were bothering me. that I was feeling bad that we were generating those. So I actually found a local farmer who would deliver milk to me in glass jugs. But meanwhile... You know, my entire street. When I go out on recycling day, everybody is else is pretty much using the plastic milk jugs. So I'm. It's still in my consciousness as a thing to use. And there, there is a craft that I do that is incredibly great, especially for families. Which is uh, this is not my idea. This is from Filth Wizardry, which was a blog uh, that is no longer being published. But she had this idea where she would cut out butterfly shapes from the milk jugs. And what's kind of cool about milk jugs is if you take a relatively sharp pair of scissors, you can cut them into any shape you want. So if your kids love horses or fire trucks or anything, you could just get some clip art, especially if you use the opaque milk jugs that you can see through. You can put it up against the window with the clip art behind and just trace that item with a Sharpie, cut it out with your scissors, and then the kids can color them. And when I used to do the butterflies, which was the original idea that Filth Wizardry gave, uh, they would be monarchs and all these different species. I would take them to events with kids and I would bring like a thousand of them so I would go around to my street for every recycling day I would collect like 10 or 12 milk jugs and I would get like 30 to 40 butterflies and I did that for weeks and weeks and I would go I went to this maker fair and I made a thousand butterflies and then all these kids colored butterflies and they were really cute to put in their hair or on their backpacks and they're really great as sun catchers in the window because the sun can shine through them. So really, whatever your kids are into, you can do this really fun craft with the milk jugs. I love that idea.
0: And it segues into another question I have, which is, what ideas do you have to get creative with your kids using items we'd normally discard? And I asked this question because my four-year-old is very, very, very artistic and creative, like most young kids are, right? And so I'm constantly trying to keep her artistically entertained. So I personally would love some ideas that incorporate my love of sustainability and her love of art.
1: Yeah, well, uh, my kids are teenagers now, but when they were your kids' age, we were constantly making things from recycled materials. And I think the coolest thing we ever made um, was we made from plastic caps. And so I love plastic caps. Again, I said this earlier that they're small, they're easy to clean, they're super colorful, so they, they're just really handy that way. And typically, in most municipal plastic recycling programs, they don't take the caps. People will often put them in the recycling bin as like aspirational recycling but they are a different type of plastic than the bottles that they're attached to so most of the time those plastic caps are actually a form of contamination so the other that's another reason I love to use plastic caps so anyway I would collect these plastic caps and I actually did it in a workplace and I had like a box in my cubicle and people would bring their plastic caps to me and I would collect them and then The activity I did with my kids, and I actually did this at many events with like hundreds of kids, was called capper pillars. So what I would do is I would take the plastic caps and I would drill a hole, a pretty big hole, like with a really large drill bit, through the middle of the plastic cap. And then what I did is I would take the handles from paper bags, you know, like when you kind of buy paper bags at a fancier store and the handles are string or like kind of like a nylon rope? Well, again, that's another example of contamination. When people are putting out their recycling and they're putting their recycling in that paper bag, but they're leaving the string handles on, the string is contamination. So again, this is something I do. My neighbors are really used to me. I go around and on recycling day, I will take off the string handles. And so I have a huge collection of those as well. So what I do is I just tie a knot at the end of the string handle. And then I will have all these plastic caps and then the kids can just put them on in any order they want. And littler kids will just put it in whatever random order. But older kids will sometimes try to actually mimic a monarch caterpillar or they will try to make a rainbow or they'll try to do like a more designed caterpillar. Um, but for little kids, this is really good for fine motor control development. And I've given this as a gift sometimes to moms who have a new second baby who are going to be nursing and they need to keep that older child busy. And they can just have the caterpillar activity like Here's the caterpillars. You can only do it when I'm nursing to keep you busy while I'm nursing. So I love it. <laughs> I also love how on
0: your podcast, you take the most random of objects and you find not just any use for them, but like some really, really awesome uses that create something that I would personally want to display or have. And some examples are cigarettes. or, you know, those bread tags and clips, or, you know, chopsticks. So I'm wondering if we could just go through those three items. We'll start with cigarettes, and then we'll go to bread tags, and then we'll go to chopsticks. What are some of the ideas you have for those three items?
1: Yeah. I mean, when I started this podcast, I wasn't sure what I was going to talk about. I was only going to talk about the materials that I personally use in my art. But then I quickly found that there are artists all around the world who are just doing unbelievably cool things with every possible item that you could imagine. And I keep a Trello board where I have a card for every artist I find that is making something, like this morning I found a woman who makes amazing stuff with license plates so I started a card that says license plates and then every artist I find who is doing something with that, I'll just list them there and then I I just, it's amazing but like, so for example, I started a card for cigarettes like six months ago and I thought, I bet I'm not going to find another, I found this one artist and I was like I, I bet I won't find another but you never know and then they just kept adding and adding and it was at some point I had 12 artists doing something with cigarettes and I was like, okay, I <laughs> clearly I have enough to do a podcast now. Um, But I think the most compelling stories I found under cigarettes were uh, there is a contest where you can make a surfboard or a bodyboard from any recycled materials. And first of all, I was excited about that contest because I love making things from recycled materials. But the winner last year made a surfboard from 10,000 cigarettes. And they did this by working with beach cleanups to pick up like 10,000 cigarettes. I mean, that's a huge number and they clean them and then they put them in this resin. So, you know, it just sounds impossible, but then people find a way and it's just so inspiring. Uh, And then the second one you mentioned was, I'm trying to remember bread clips bread clips oh yeah so the second one you mentioned was bread clips and again this is one where my family definitely generates bread clips so I actually had a bucket of those a little tiny like peanut butter jar full of bread clips and I was like oh I don't know what to do with these I don't have ideas yet so I just started researching and I just found that there are artists all over the world who collect bread clips and incorporate them into their work and there's like a A a huge excitement when they get different colors and (laughs) different like there's people who will make what they try to collect one bread clip per day of the year because there's a date stamp on the bread clip, uh, which I thought was so hilarious. But yeah, people make little creatures out of the bread clips. And then the last one you mentioned was chopsticks. And actually, chopsticks are an astoundingly huge amount of trash. And that's why I carry chopsticks with me now in my purse. I bring a little container in my purse that has uh, straws and a fork and a spoon and also some chopsticks because I was astounded by the waste with chopsticks. But I found this person who actually he was a waiter in a restaurant where they use chopsticks as the serving utensil, and he was just collecting the little plastic pieces of paper that came off the little sleeve, and he just started folding them into little creatures and and then the customers started doing that and he would collect the little creatures the customers would do and he ended up having like thousands of these little creatures made out of bamboo sleeves very they're very tiny when they're folded up and then he did a big exhibit about that so again I just I'm so impressed by how people see possibility where most of us just see a mess on the table hmm.
0: Is reusing trash and getting creative with your recyclables
1: only for artists and people who are artistically inclined? Well, I believe everyone can be an artist. And I think especially when you're a parent, sometimes it causes you to do things that maybe you wouldn't have done if you weren't a parent to entertain your children and to engage your children. So I, I really think that if you just loosen up a little bit and follow your kid's lead, or even if you don't have kids, just look at the world with, I think it's almost like a humorous mindset or a, uh, you know, everyone I talk to, everyone who learns about trash imagination, who sees the things I make, they maybe had never, ever made something from trash before. It would never have occurred to them. But they will come back to me later and they'll say, oh, Carla, I saw this uh, you know, piece of trash and I just started playing with it. I just started cutting it. I started moving it, twisting it. And look what I made. So it, it happens every day in my life. And it's actually like my greatest source of joy.
0: <laughs> I can tell by the way you talk about your art, how passionate you are about it. Do you have any practical first steps for people who may be interested in getting artistic with their recycles? And I ask this because although the idea of a cigarette butt surfboard sounds, you know, amazing, it's just not something that's gonna happen for me because I'm quite busy and because I wouldn't even know where to start with a project like that. So I'm wondering, any practical first steps for busy moms like me.
1: Yeah. I mean, every episode, whenever I tackle a material, I will uh, put some projects that are, super beginner level projects. Um, and then I put these other stories in there, hopefully not to intimidate people or to make people feel like, well, that creative reuse is just a completely inaccessible thing, but just to make us expand our minds of what is possible and to let us know that if you spend a little bit of time making something out of trash, you know, there are people spending hours and hours and whole careers out of trash. So, you know, it's not a waste of time and it is really a wonderful way way to have more intention about the things that we purchase and the things we consume. And, and you will look at packaging differently when you purchase Things because you are thinking, well, that's an orange bottle, and I could make a pumpkin out of it. Like you, you'll start thinking totally differently about the products that you buy, and you may start changing. Like you may buy a totally different product because of the bottle, whether it comes in a glass bottle or a plastic bottle. That's one thing, but also the shape and the color and all these other aspects that are more of an artistic, aesthetic uh, mindset. But yeah, I mean, every single podcast I give super basic ideas that for people who are just, they're just starting out, they have no tools, maybe they barely have sharp scissors. Yeah. So (laughs) don't worry. (laughs) But hopefully, do you find when you hear these stories about artists making really crazy stuff that it's intimidating? Or do you find it inspiring? I find it profoundly inspiring. And I
0: will say that I believe it is an up and coming, I don't want to say market, but it's an up and coming thing. Because when I travel to you know, art museums, especially contemporary art museums, there are often exhibits of things made from trash. And I don't have an artistic background, so I don't know if these things have always been around, but I will say that I'm seeing them more and more. Would you agree?
1: Yeah. And I would say that if you have done creative reuse in your home with your kids, and then you take them to an exhibit where an artist has done something incredibly unbelievable with trash, your kids will be far more interested in looking at that work and will have a far greater appreciation for what went into it than if they hadn't manipulated the materials themselves. I mean, I call this uh, materials science awareness. So I don't think we're taught this in the schools as much anymore, which is knowing what happens when a piece of plastic goes to an iron or knowing what kinds of things you can put in a sewing machine that are not fabric. I think that awareness of how materials behave and what you can do to manipulate them. I think that is being lost in a lot of cases. And so I think as parents, this is a type of supplemental education that is really important that we consider doing that at home at the least to make them aware of trash, but also so that it can help them think in terms of engineering and in terms of fixing their own clothes and making their own items. It has so many benefits and, you know, educating the hands as well as the brain, you know?
0: Yes. And uh, what you just said made me think about my daughter's preschool school list, which we received recently. And on the list, there was a, a list of items that she needs to bring to school, a box of crayons, a box of markers, and a packet of construction paper. And I'm really thinking of those three items as in, there's nothing wrong with those three items, but Why? why when we have all these other materials at our disposal, perhaps we could just get a little more creative with what we already have instead of going out and purchasing the quote-unquote
1: artistic supplies. Right. And I did an episode on markers and crayons because uh, you have little kids, but you wait every year. They're going to come home with a giant bag of markers and crayons. And plus, they are constantly drying out these markers. And so you end up after not many years if, of having children, having a giant collection of markers and crayons. And so the, that episode talks about all the things you could do with the items, after it's too late, you already own them. But yes, I wish teachers would not, especially would not ask for markers because they are really not great for the environment. Um, And there are alternatives that are much better.
0: Yeah. Most people forget that the exterior of a marker is just more
1: plastic. Yeah. And, you know, there are supposedly recycling programs, but we have heard over and over again in the news that these plastic recycling programs cannot keep up with what we're producing. And so we really need to start thinking about other alternatives. Carla, where can my listeners find more of you? I recommend going to TrashMagination.com. And from there, they can listen to the podcast directly or they can subscribe. And then they can also do social media if they like Instagram and Facebook.
0: I absolutely love your Instagram. So I'm officially plugging it. If any listeners are all about Instagram, definitely check out the Trash Imagination page. Carla, thank you so much for coming on. You've really got my mental wheels spinning. Thank you. Thank you
1: so much, Stephanie. I love your podcast and it has really inspired me to be more intentional with my possessions and to think more about minimalism, which is just an enhancement to my life. So I appreciate it. Thank you.
0: So there you have it. I hope Carla lit a creative spark in you. If you need to see some visuals of the ideas Carla talked about today, definitely head on over to the show notes. I have images of Carla's work as well as links to all her social media for creative inspiration. You can find the show notes at mamaminimalist.com forward slash 037, seven, M-A-M-A-minimalist.com forward slash 037. Now on next week's episode, we are talking all about meal planning with a meal planning expert who originally started planning her meals out at the beginning of each week as a way of getting out of debt. Now she swears by it and she's coming on to help us reduce food waste and really get smart about how we cook for ourselves and for our families. I'll see you then. Take care.